0: Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to Hebrews chapter thirteen, as we are coming to the end of this book very quickly, uh, we've had a lot of I think adventure, biblical and spiritual adventure over the last months as we've studied this book together and I want us to look today at two verses, verses fifteen and sixteen, uh, where the writer of this book, talks about our sacrifices uh, to Christ. You know, I I titled this sermon, What the the Sacrifices That We Bring. I almost uh, entitled it, Do We Still Sacrifice Today? And, And we realize that the sacrifice that we make today is different from the sacrifices of the Old Covenant. The sacrifices we make today are different from those that were made on an altar of an animal for for sin. The sacrifices we make have nothing to do with with a sin offering. All the Old Testament sacrifices have been rendered obsolete by the one sacrifice of the very Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And so it's important that we, we clear that up and make that very clear as we begin this time of study that when we talk about sacrifices, we're not talking about sacrifices for sin. We're not talking about sacrifices that gain us any new standing in the in the sight of God. Our standing in the sight of God is based solely on our relationship with Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. We are protected by Christ. We are covered by Christ. On righteousness, and when we are believers, when we are Christians, we stand in God's presence completely accepted by the grace and by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's important we understand that, and when the writer here talks about us bringing sacrifices, he's not saying, now you bring these so that you can get further favor with God. There is no further favor with God than being completely accepted in Christ before Him. We need to understand that. There is nothing better, there's nothing greater, there's nothing more than being accepted in the presence of God by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. That's clear. But he does talk about sacrifices. Just as Paul did in Romans chapter 12 that I had Brother Ricky read just a little bit ago. But I want you to hear what the writer of Hebrews says in 15 and 16. Through him, through him then... Let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of the lips that give thanks to His name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. The, The word there for God is pleased is a word literally that means God finds great joy God finds great pleasure when those sacrifices are offered by those who are His children. Now, now this idea of of sacrifice of praise is not unique to Hebrews. It's not unique to this passage. It's not even unique to the New Testament. If you go back in the Old Testament, you you look at various passages, like like Psalm 50, verse 14, where, where the psalmist writes, "...offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving." and pay your vows to the most high. Or later in that same psalm in verse 23 says, he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who and to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the s- salvation of God. Or Psalm 107 verse 22, let them also offer sacrifices, <coughs> excuse me, of thanksgiving, and tell of his works with joyful singing. Or Psalm 116, verse 17. "Uh, To you I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Now now those are just illustrative of of many passages in the Old Testament that talk about this same idea of offering a sacrifice of praise or a sacrifice of thanksgiving. and, And all of those sacrifices are predicated on the sacrifice. And when the writer of Hebrews says, through Him, that is through Christ, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, he's talking about a sacrifice that is built upon the sacrifice of Christ. It's, it's not built upon something we come and that we do. It's not something that we can bring to God that is unique and, and will somehow appease God because God doesn't need appeasing in the life of the believer. But rather the sacrifice of praise is when we open up our hearts and open up our lives and, and, and with our voices we expe- express honor and praise to Almighty God. I, uh, I had a friend here a couple of weeks ago in worship. Uh, he's a music professor over at, at Campbellsville University and he came and, and visited with us and worshiped he and his family on, on that Sunday. And we went out to lunch with him. When we got out to lunch, I, uh, I, I couldn't resist... I said, uh, well, tell me, how would, you, uh, how would you critique our service? You're in services all over the place all the time. What would you say about Grace's service? And he said, well, there's two things I would offer that I would say about grace services. One, you really do focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. You really focus on God. Uh, from beginning to end, that's where your focus is. That's what you talk about. But he said, practically, the thing that really struck me was this. The men sing. (laughs) And I thought, well, that's an interesting comment. The men sing. Why wouldn't men sing? Who have had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, why wouldn't men sing and women sing when they've known the grace of God in their life, when they've come to the altar of the cross, when they've come to the foot of the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ, and they've experienced a regeneration of heart and a newness of life? Why wouldn't they sing? Why wouldn't they offer sacrifices? Why wouldn't they offer praises? Now we might say, well, one reason that we wouldn't do it is because we just don't sing well. You know, we don't have good voices. And and we don't know music, and we we give all sorts of excuses. I I love it that the Bible, when it talks about worshiping God and and praising God, it it talks about coming and making a joyful noise. Yeah. Listen, some of my singing is really kind of noisy. Some of my singing is not real melodious. Is that the right word? Uh, Some of my singing is not, not really filled with the right notes and the right inflection and and all those things that a, mus- a matter of fact, when a, a professional musician listened to me sing, they would probably say, "Well, that's a pretty sorry job." But doing it from the heart in the presence of God, it is worship. And I was impressed that that. Then my friend said, well, I noticed that the men sing. And I, we, I pursued that a little bit later on with him. I said, what do you, what do you find? He said, well, you see in church I go in. You can, the women sing well. They, they sing out. They, they're not ashamed. But the men just sort of stand there. But your men sing. I said, well, you know, I think that comes out of the fact that we really do seek to honor Christ. We really do seek to exalt God. We really do seek to come into His presence in this way that that the writer is talking about and continually, without stopping, without ceasing, without any interruption, we come before Him to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That's what God desires. Not an offering of an animal, not an offering for sin, but a verbal praise of God of God's name, a verbal praise of all of his deeds. You notice a lot of times when we sing songs, especially some of the great old hymns, what we are what we are doing is we are accounting and recounting the 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 acts of God, the deeds of God, things that God did in biblical history. I mean we're remembering we're remembering those things. We're remembering those, those times where he, re, where he redeemed His people. We're remembering those times where He cared for His people in very difficult times. And We offer a sacrifice of praise. The writer, just a few verses earlier, back in chapter 12, made this statement also in verses, uh, verses 28 and 29 of chapter 12. He said, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us show gratitude, let us show gratitude, that's appreciation, by which we may offer to God an an acceptable service with reverence and with awe. You know, this idea of, of worship is an idea that goes beyond just what we do in here. We do worship in here. We worship corporately in here. But there is to be also, as we've talked about previously, there is to be, a, to be a, a, a private worship that feeds off of and feeds into the, the corporate worship. In other words, when we're together here worshiping, there ought to be such a stimulating to worship, a stimulating to, to acknowledge God's goodness and God's grace, that we go out of here, and for the next six days, we spend time in private worship that was fueled by what took place here, in private worship, worshiping God as a family, worshiping God as an individual, but, but worshiping God in, in the most unusual of places, personally. And that personal worship, as you're worshiping God in your home, as the scripture puts it, in your prayer closet, as you're worshiping God there, there is that private worship that leads to spiritual growth that motivates you to come back in here in corporate worship and lift your voices and lift your hearts in praise and thanksgiving and worship of God. Worship is an important part of a believer's life. Worship indeed is what drives the believer and what draws the believer closer to God and what expresses thanksgiving and honor and praise to Him. And that's important that we see that we do that. But you notice both, both in verse 28 and 29 of chapter 12 and also in verse 16 here, the, the apostle or the writer talks about taking it just a little further than just what we do in worship. It's not just a singing or not just a praying or not just a studying of His Word, but it also has to do with deeds. You know, let us offer surface, an acceptable service. Let us offer, let us offer things that are our are, are deeds, are, are doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. The writer here makes clear that worship and sacrifices to God go beyond just the fruit of our lips that he talks about there, the fruit of our lips and give thanks to his name, but they also go beyond that into doing things with what God has done in your life, for the good of others doing good sharing with one another sharing with one another out of the word sharing with one another out of your out, out of what god has given you in your in, in your prov- in the provision of your life in your possessions sharing with one another when there's a need within the body of christ James touched on that just a bit in James chapter twenty, uh, excuse me, chapter one, verse twenty-seven, when he said, "Pure and undefiled religion, the sight of our God and Father, is this: to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world." James says there is a twofold thing to this, this undefiled religion. One is to do good, visit widows, visit orphans. And visit their cares with it more than just going and saying hello. My name is so and so. I just want to visit with you, and then leaving. It's visiting them with a with a purpose in mind. Visiting them with them to, to help infuse something in their life, spiritually, materially, whatever that they might that they might benefit from your having been with them, uh, materially, physically, and spiritually. But he also says at another sacrifice is to keep oneself unstained by the world. Holiness, personal holiness, personal spiritual growth is an act of worship. It's an act of acknowledging what God has given you and has done in your life in Jesus Christ and then living it out before the world. It involves witness. It involves not just sharing material things and not just sharing, you know, time together, but it involves sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. A part of our worship is praising Him in here, and another part of our worship is going out there, those doors and telling the city, telling this county, telling everyone we come in contact with about the goodness and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It involves going to Peru six times a year and telling the people in the Chonkai River Valley, this is who Christ is. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus has done. Trust Christ. Put your faith and your trust in Him. Not in ritual, not in formal religion, not in something that someone will do or say that they've done, but in Christ and Christ alone. That's what real worship is and worship is done as an expression continually an expression of praise to God. Uh, I've used this illustration before. but Every now and then I think about worship, I think about this with my daughter. When my daughter was 5 years old, my oldest daughter is now 31 when she was 5. I remember coming home and we were tucking her in one night doing prayers and Bible stories and stuff and and when we got through, I don't know where I don't know if it was from church that day or I can't remember the exact circumstance of what brought it up in her mind, but she, she looked at me that night sitting on her bed and she said, Daddy, Daddy, what is worship? She had heard the word because she was in a preacher's house and she knew we went to worship and we did all these things. But she said, Daddy, what is worship? And I said, Well, Carol, I, I, I think worship is trying to get on her level as best I could, on that five-year-old's level. Carol, I think worship is just saying to God, I love you. Just expressing to God, I love you. And almost immediately, totally unrehearsed, she just took her hand and she put it over her mouth and she said, God, I love you. It's a five-year-old, but she got it. She got it. Now, we're a little older. We're a little more mature. And so we, we ought to get a little bit beyond just saying, God, I love you. We ought to get a little bit beyond just saying, God, here's a, here's a kiss. Now I'll go do my own thing. I mean, that's, that, that's certainly not a very mature understanding of worship. But for a five-year-old, that, that got it. What the writer of Hebrews wants us to understand is we need to get it. We need to get that through him through His death, through His sacrifice. That is the ultimate sacrifice, the only sacrifice for sin today. The only way to God, the only day to have a relationship with God is through Him. And when through Him then, what we want to do as believers who are in Him, so we can do this through Him, we are in Christ. Let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, and give thanks to His name. I, I think what I would ask you this morning is this: How are you continually offering up a sacrifice of praise to God? Emphasis on continually. Not talking about. 10.30 to 11.30 or so on Sunday morning. I'm not talking about when you just come together and for, for this time when Jeff leads us and the, and the ladies and the guys lead us over here on the instruments and we, we, we praise God for a while and we hear His Word. I'm not talking about for this hour. I'm talking about, I would ask you, how are you continually Continually, without ceasing, without stopping, without interference, without interruption. How are you continually offering a sacrifice to God? Say, well, I, I pray at least once a day. Okay? What about the rest of the day? How are you continually offering up a sacrifice? Of praise to God. So, Bill, are you saying we all just become a monk somewhere and sit around and hum and and think about Christ alone for 24 7? Well, it would be kind of nice, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. Talking about in your work, in your community, where you live every day, in your family. How are you offering a continuous sacrifice of praise to Him? By worship, individually and corporately, by, uh, by sharing the gospel with those around you, by, by doing good to the orphans and the widows and those who have needs, whether they are orphans or widows or not, By sharing the gospel to those who have real needs you see the writer here seems to indicate that this matter of the Christian life is not what we've allowed it to become in 21st century America where it's compartmentalized into Sunday morning and maybe again on Sunday night and we we kind of say okay Sunday's our, our day of worship and we go and we worship and then we forget about what we've done for the most part a continuous praise, a continuous sacrifice of praise to God is something that permeates and affects your life every day, every hour, every minute. To the glory of God. To, to the glory of God. Lifting up Him, showing the world Him, showing the world His work in your life and, and calling them to trust in Him that He might do a work in their life. One of the things the writer here makes clear, that the sacrifice of praise is added with the sacrifice of kindness and loving action. You know, that really is the proper ritual of Christianity. The the proper ritual is not going through some kind of formulation. The proper ritual of Christianity is a life lived in the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Above everything else. Christianity is sacrificial. Through and through, it's sacrificial. It is founded on the one self-offering, self-sacrifice of Christ on the cross and the offering of His people's praise and property and their service and their lives as it's caught up into the perfection of His acceptable sacrifice and is accepted in Him. I mean, the, the whole idea of sacrifice for the Christian is, Here I am, Lord, I give myself to you on the basis of what you have done for me. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 12. When is, as Ricky read a while ago in, in verse 1 Therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God You realize he's coming off of the 11 chapters of theology and doctrine. 11 chapters of telling us what God has done, what Christ has done for the believer. 11 chapters of deep theology. And then he says, Therefore, on the basis of all that, on the basis of the mercies of God, I urge you, brethren, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, and and then he says the same thing, the same thing that the author of Hebrews says, and 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 the same thing that the uh, that the uh, that that James says to keep oneself unstained from the world, and, and to be sure that you keep yourself pure and holy in the sight of God, you know for this is our sacrifice this is what we offer to him and it's based upon what he has given to us so i'd ask you where is your sacrifice what is your sacrifice is it is it you know is it merely saying well i gave some money in the plate this morning it's not sacrifice that's offering is it that I, I I try real hard? That's not sacrifice. That's moralism. Or is it that I become, I've come before God in worship, saying, Lord, I give myself for service to your body and service to the world that needs to hear about Christ because of what you've done in my life? Acceptable. Then... then Paul goes on after talking about that and immediately as as Ricky read earlier immediately talks about spiritual gifts the way God has gifted us by his Holy Spirit to serve him that's why Christianity knows knows nothing of inactive church members Christianity knows nothing of of being a part of the body and just kind of sitting and soaking. Christianity knows only those who have been redeemed by Jesus Christ, changed by the power of His Holy Spirit, who now say, Lord, here is my life. Take it and use it for your glory. Whenever, wherever, and however you desire to do it. There is still sacrifice in Christianity. Not for sin, but for service. There is still sacrifice in Christianity, not for atonement, but for the glory of God. And so I come back to a simple question. How are you continually, continually... Offering up a sacrifice of praise to God. Only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. Let's pray. One of the songs that we sang just a moment ago makes this statement. The cross bids me come and die that I might live. It bids me come and die. Die to self, die to selfishness, die to sin that we might live under Christ. This morning, you may be here and without Jesus Christ. You're not even sure you understand what all that means. But you sense that God's Spirit is doing something. He's, you, you just sense this movement in your own life that's, that's unex, inexplicable, unexplainable accept that God's doing something perhaps he's drawing you to himself for salvation I invite you to come to Christ this morning perhaps you're hearing God's doing a number of things in your life air of repentance and confession and, and that you can deal with right where you sit or where you stand in a moment But I ask you to be obedient to what God is saying. And come and me or one of the staff or someone will talk with you and share with you a bit, if that be your need. But just be obedient to what the Spirit is saying in your life. Father, we ask your your Spirit to fall on this place and do your work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.